episode number 221 with Stephen Mike. Welcome to the Heads of Poker Podcast. This is Steve Barton. This is the other guy we've met. Michael Steinemann. Yes. How you doing, Steve? <laughs> Good. Sorry, I got you out there. <laughs> How's, uh, so you've been playing? How's, uh, how you been? It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, nothing. A pretty decent week. Just keep chugging along, hanging on by my, hanging on barely here, but no, it's, it's, it's not too bad. Uh-huh. I've, everything's the same, Steve. Like I said, I got to work long hours, too many expenses, and I got to work long hours to play. But for the most part, I enjoy it. So mm-hmm. you won't hear any great complaints from me. Although I'm thinking every time I talk about how tournaments are stupid, I'm always, they have the uh, tournament series at the bike, the circuit okay. series. So I'm thinking of going up there to play a couple tournaments. When is this? Which is probably, well, it starts tomorrow. I mean, the, tomorrow morning, there's a $400 tournament, and Friday, there's an 1100 and Saturday, there's a 600 All for circuit rings, man. I want ring number two. Okay, okay. Are you, are you not working for a few days? I'm not. I don't go back until Monday. Uh, I have a half marathon on Sunday, though. Um, are you that's to when I'm running that race. But what time is the one tomorrow? We could get in a hotel room, Steve, and you can just run around in circles. <laughs> um i i'd have to look they probably all start at like noon or something okay how far how far a drive is the bike for you oh it all depends on traffic uh an hour and 15 minutes to two hours okay well if you left left at 9 a.m or so avoid all the heavy traffic hopefully you would uh yeah well there you go steve sounds like fun well, okay, was, is this a one-day tournament, or is it two-day? Or uh, I don't know. 400 should be a one-day, right? Or is this like a multiple-flight thing? Or It depends how many people are there. I'd say the, your average circuit event, it's probably – I mean, the one I won was a two-day event with only 60 players. Okay. So if I were to guess, you'd play down to – it could be a one-day event, or you would play down to, you know, one or two tables, and it would you'd finish the next day. Okay, okay. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Okay, well we can discuss that more. Yeah. Tell me okay. about the uh, tell me about the marathon here. When is, so are you ready for this? Yeah, I've been training quite a bit. Uh I've been following a program. Uh the furthest I've run so far is 12 miles. Uh and for this race I have to do 13.1, so just a little bit further than that. Um I'm in what they call a taper phase now, like as you approach the race you start running less and less and with less intensity. And the idea is to kind of cool the muscles down and get them ready to, uh, to go. And I've been talking with some runners and they're like, you know, you could even take that last week off with the exception of the day before go and run slow for 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. And then, uh, and then you're ready for race day. And I'm like, you know, I think I might do that. And I'm, I'm I have been, I haven't run in three days, uh, but I've been stretching every day and rolling and I didn't realize how tight my hips and my legs were from just running, you know, at every other day at least uh, sure. for the last three months, you know. And uh, so I'm kind of excited. I think I'm going to do pretty good. The over-under, we've taken some bets on uh, on Twitter. So if you guys are interested, uh, 
<laughs> Gorilla Man, uh, uh, Mike, and um, uh, we've been uh, it's been fun. But uh, the, the over under is from where where in the race you collapse or or you're actually <laughs> the, the finish time, time finish time assuming oh, I get across okay. the finish uh, is uh, two hours thirty five minutes. Uh, I just did a ten mile run and felt really good about it and could have run a lot faster. I feel uh, in an hour fifty three like a week ago. So, uh, so I think I'm going to crush 100, 113 minutes, 10 miles. So 11 and a half minute miles. Yeah. But I think it was like 1119 or 1120 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good. Do you have a running partner or you, is this all on your own or. Uh, I've done maybe three or four runs. Oh no, I take that back. There's one guy at work. I run with Chad. Um, whenever we work together, we end up running together and we'll run between four to five miles. Um, but, uh, I would say I probably run 90% of them on my own. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe, have we already discussed this? When did you come across this idea to, to run? You know, it was an ex-girlfriend. Um, I, uh, she got me into running and I enjoy it. And it's, um, I thought you were going to say she tried to run you over with a car, you know, over a hill, <laughs> chase you for a while. You're, you know, afterwards, just, I had to run really fast to get away. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Steve. I'm always interrupting you. Yes. Yeah. No, it, uh, she got me into it and, um, it's, uh, I did a race and it was a lot of fun. It was like, I like competition. I think that's why I like betting and, and sure. you know, poker and stuff, you know, and there's something extremely competitive about like, the gun goes off, the first guy to the end wins, you know? Uh, it, I just like it. I like passing people, and I like trying to get a faster time, and um, it's fun, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'll never be one of those elites that actually is winning these races unless I'm racing in events that have, you know, 50, 60, 100 people, then it might be doable. But right. you know, the ones I'm doing here have thousands, so it's like, you know, if I uh, – I'm kind of competing in my age group. Right. You know? uh, we but, do have the, uh, the Barton-esque commitment here. You can already sense. You, you, you go full bore into something. So, Yeah. This might, this might be a lifelong passion for you, Steve. I really think this is. It could be. And, I mean, man, what a, a boost to, like, expected life value, you know? Um, I'm a lot thinner now than I was before. Well, maybe, yeah, about 10 pounds. Uh, I'm very lean. Um, but I need to find a balance between weightlifting and running because, you know, a year ago I was 10 pounds heavier and it was muscle and I think I looked better. Um, but it's, I don't know that it's the ideal body to go as fast as you can in these races, you know? Um, right. but, uh, man, my legs feel like tree trucks. They, uh, sure. <laughs> uh I think so. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I need to find a balance there after this race. Uh, I'm going to be prepping for a marathon, which is in three, three months from then it's in March. Well, what do you need to, what do you need to be able to curl 150 pounds? For example, we know, we know getting leaner helps you run faster. What is, what is putting muscle on help you do? Well, you look and feel better. You're stronger. I think you're less likely to get injured. Okay. Um, no, it's, it's just, crazy. uh, you know, it, there's but, not, there, there's not tests at the, uh, well, the fire department, do they have tests? Oh, for physical strength? Yearly tests, like you can, yes. We get a physical every year. 
Like uh, the, but the, we don't have to. If you can't lift the kitty, then it's time to give up. <laughs> yeah, if you can't curl a kitten in in, in your arm, that uh, <laughs> we all stay pretty fit. I mean, we have a workout period every day from eight thirty until ten, and okay. at least on my crew, we usually extend that because we all like to work out longer. And it, um, you know, it's just kind of a culture of athletes. Gotcha. Um, which is um, which is nice. I like it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of guys at work that have run marathons, you know, so, and so I can pick their brains and, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, maybe you're right. I am getting pretty into it, but it's fun. I dig it. I dig it. Where do you, uh, so two years from now, what, what, what are you, can you do a marathon? You think in eight minute miles? I mean, do you have, are you already like thinking along your big, um, or that's my average running pace. I've realized with this, this is a long-term game. Sure. It's kind of like retirement or something. Like it's not something you're going to be get really good at overnight. That's uh, why I said two years, Stevie. I know you. Yeah. I know you have. I know you have some plans here. Don't lie to me. Uh, yeah, I. I'm curious to see how uh, after I finish the first marathon. Do. Is it is it just a bucket list thing like it was for me skydiving and bungee jumping? No desire to do either one of them again. Check them off the list. It was cool. I'm done. You know, is, is that what this marathon is going to be? Or is this going to be like one of 10? I have no idea. But I just got to complete it. <laughs> and then I can check it off and I'll go from there. What is, uh, what's in a marathon? 26.2 miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to, to run a three hour marathon, you'd have to write, run 6.8 minute miles for 26 miles. That's, that's quite a clip. There's no way I'm completing this in three hours. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like two years from now. With little, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Our little, our, our little running, running Stevie become a, a man here. No, I'm just you know throwing something out. Okay, okay. I well, the over under on the marathon is four hours fifty seven minutes, and I can't remember what seconds. So if I get four fifty seven or less, then I hit the under. Well, that's quite a yeah. That's quite a jump from four fifty seven to, uh, to three three hours. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea what I'll get on the marathon. I think it'll be right. very telling how I do on this half marathon. Um, you know, but again, then I, I basically get to run the half marathon and then fucking run it again. That's a marathon. So sure. what's your, um... <laughs> it's no joke. It's from what all accounts that I've, you know, read uh, books and talked to runners. They say it's just a little bit further than humans were meant to run at one time. And right. the evidence of that is around mile 18 or 20. 75% of everyone hits a wall and they just want to quit more than anything else. Sure. And only 25% don't. And that's even the elites, the guys that are winning these things, you know? So uh, that'll be quite a feat. Um, what was I going to say here? Uh, what Mental preparation. I know, do you have a spot? I know you're always into like mental, you know, strength positivities or something specific for running that you're kind of embracing. Yeah. The, the mental part of it comes in when you do the long, slow runs, when you start out at a pace where you're like, I could do this forever. Uh, but by the time you get to the last mile, it is brutal. And that's where your brain is like, it's just a mental thing. And your brain is fighting like every pain and ache and trying to get the, you know, so that you step just right. So it doesn't hurt. Like that last mile is where you're really like training your brain to go to the distance. And then the next time you run that distance, you don't hit it at the mile. The last one that you hit, you hit it at the next one. 
and it just goes like that every time. That's at least that's what I've been using to kind of like train my brain for it. Is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I I wasn't sure if there's I don't know there's some specific uh, guru guru of specifically for running you know running mental whatever mental tricks I don't know yeah to maintain a pace. But um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I just put on a uh, I put on a book. And, uh, you know, I just listened to a book on stocks or poker, or, you know, whatever. And uh, I'm able to get through quite a few books, uh, you know, when you, when you just put on the headphones and you're like, okay, the next two hours and 15 minutes are just going to be spent jogging. <laughs> you know, wow. you, you might as well get a third of the way through a leadership book or something, you know. You know what I see when I, whatever, what I think every time I see people run, I think you know the answer, Steve. There's a pause. <laughs> I can't even say it. Now, because you know it's coming. It's no fun. <laughs> I was going to say, what a bunch of fucking losers or something. Like that. <laughs> We're all rooting for you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would. Is there actually money being uh, wagered here on the over-under? Is this just for fun, people? Not, are- not, not too much. We got 20 bucks at a type so far, but uh, I'll take action up to 200. If anyone's interested, I'll throw out a tweet. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's motivation right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, anyhow, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I have been, uh, that, uh, the game changers movie. Did you ever end up watching that? I haven't watched it. It's in my, in my Netflix queue. In your queue. Okay. Yeah. It, I, I listened to a counter of it. Uh, it was Joe Rogan podcast and he brought on a guy that I'd heard before and they basically, I don't want to say, uh, debunked it, but they definitely gave the other side. And it was very interesting. Uh, I will say, though, that after watching that movie and and trying the vegan thing, um, I did it for about a week and a half or two weeks. And I felt really good the first week. And one big difference that I noticed was having a vegetable and fruit smoothie before I run, you know, makes me faster. But still, like after the workout and... um, like maybe for dinner that night, like just introducing uh, something the size of like a deck of cards worth of meat or eggs. Like recovery seems to be faster. Um, my sleep seems to be a little bit better. I felt like I, w- I just kicked ass for the first week. And then after that, I kind of tapered off. And then now by introducing maybe every two and a half meals, some sort of like eggs or, or venison has helped my um okay recovery but i think a big thing out of that though is that generally speaking everyone would benefit by eating more vegetables than they are now you know yeah i thought yeah i thought the only the plant only diet you had to take was it vitamin b there's some sort of pill you need to take where you just you're something crucial you're not getting with that diet then you can only get through meat i don't even remember what it was in in the Game Changers movie, they said it was B12, and they said that yeah. it was because um, back in the day, we used to drink from streams, and when we picked up uh, fruit and stuff, sometimes it had dirt on it, and ingesting that dirt, somehow it gave you B12, or drinking from the streams and rivers, somehow it gave you B12. When we get water out of the faucet now, it's been bleached, and you know uh, it gets killed. That was their logic. Uh, Joe Rogan on the other side of that, they said that was all horse shit. <laughs> so I don't know, but uh, uh, basically, yeah, they said B12. Um, it's Joe but, Rogan, Joe Rogan's a meat eater, I take it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's a hunter. He only eats meat that he's killed. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's on the other side. 
Um, and, and, you know, I think they may have a point in some of that. I think that if you go like full vegan, there may be something in your diet that's lacking a little bit. Um, but I don't know what it is and I couldn't figure it out in a week or so. And it seemed to replace it as soon as I started throwing in a couple eggs every other day and, and, you know, started throwing in some little venison steaks or something, you know, Okay. Uh, but that was for me. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's like everyone is just a little bit different. And if your heritage is from Asia, it doesn't seem unreasonable to me that maybe their bodies have been able to process rice so it doesn't make them fat. But if you do that in Europe, in Norway or something, they were never able to grow it there. So their bodies aren't used to, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, that makes sense. It makes logical sense to me, you know, but I don't know. You know, what else should we talk about, Stevie? Should we just talk about hands and we can stop? Because there's actually a couple, a couple hands here, I think, that reflect upon maybe broader issues of trying to be a poker pro in terms of like game selection and bankroll management. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Unless you had something else to talk about. I'm sorry I didn't prepare. No, this is, uh, no, this is good. It, uh, I'm going through a um, – we're going to have Alex on soon, and uh, he shot me over a program of his uh, about uh, cash games. And it's no small program. I want to go through it first before I bring it up on the show, but I can tell already I'm halfway through it and I'm like, okay, we're definitely doing this. Um, it's about cash games and I'm, it's like 13 hours. <laughs> I'm about halfway through it. And so it's a, it's a collection of videos you pay for when you say program or yeah. Uh, you, you buy the, uh, uh, you buy the program and you get all the videos and uh, they're kind of notched up into like uh, 20 to 30 minute uh, videos and his ideas that you just watch, watch one every day and that's pretty much what i've been doing okay and uh actually i've probably been going through two a day um but uh it's really good man i did you you got to um uh, i'll get you we'll get you a copy mike and you go through it i think it would i don't know even if it's a couple bucks to your hourly like man it's uh it's good assassinato is definitely your uh brother from another mother there man the two of yeah. you you two of you yeah. don't waste a lot of time in life you're always doing something he's uh man he just pumps out like quality product like every video like you can't find a bad one you know what i mean like he's just super smart and i think he's taught so much that he's basically become an expert in teaching and teaching it quickly you know so that you get it right and um yeah i'm excited that uh, he's just a rock star and <laughs> content you know right <laughs> yeah no for sure i'm always 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 happy to check something else out yeah. from him well we haven't had him on him on a while uh who was i thinking we haven't had clayton on since he started hosting the tournament poker edge podcast either have we i i think we might have caught him as he just started doing it but it was oh, okay maybe may, i could be wrong maybe maybe right uh we had him on for the game remember it was him and uh, mark okay that's right yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just throwing out some ideas. I, I think having Andrew and Carlos at once would be uh, would be fun because they're just such good buddies. And you that still haven't talked to Andrew. You haven't talked to Andrew since his, his main event run either, which is pretty true. Awesome. Yeah, he had a deep run. That would be a good one. He was like chip leader on day six, and then have you hung out with Carlos lately? Have you? Uh... No, I haven't seen him. Okay. okay. Uh, right now he's at a. Uh, I think he's at the circuit stop in Carolina. Okay. Cool. So this is, this is, he's probably seeing KB and a few, you know, he's got his little circle of friends wherever he goes. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, 
uh, I figured out a way to bet um, a, uh, a stock today. Okay. Um, I, I was always pretty sure this was how you do it, but I, I called the company and made sure that I placed the bet right. And, uh, and I did. And what, uh, what's interesting about this bet is basically I'm looking at the patterns, I'm looking at the graphs just like I do with all the other stocks, but this bet is designed so that uh, I believe there's probably about, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say there's a 60% chance that this stock is going to go up. And there's a 40% chance that the stock is going to go down. Um, now, I placed a bet so that if it goes down, now if this stock goes down and it goes down four to five percent all bets are off it could fucking tank it could go up i have no idea right uh if it goes up i think it's very likely that it'll keep going up and the stock will probably raise it's an 18 dollar and 50 cent stock i think it'll go up uh, another couple of dollars right um all this happening in the next uh two to three months um but if it goes down it's going to happen in the next week right and so I was able to place a bet where if it goes down 5%, I sell it, uh, I lose 8% of my um, principal. So I keep, I keep 92%, I keep over 90% of my principal. If it goes up, at that point, I just watch the stock and then I cash out when I'm uh, comfortable. Um, How is this different than, uh, is this, are you like hedging a bet? Like, so you're not actually buying stock, you're betting on whether it goes up or down pretty much, right? Pretty much. These are called options. Right. Okay. And yeah. so you can set a stop loss um, so that, you know, you don't have to be in front of the computer when this is happening. This is all running in the background. Basically, and this, is a, this is a giant Wall Street bookie who's taken like a piece of letting everyone bet to supposedly like protect themselves, but like juicing them. Is that? Yeah, of- exactly. And uh, you can set expirations on these. So you can set an expiration for the end of the day. You can set an expiration for the end of the week. You can set an expiration for a month or five months from now. And uh, the longer the expiration, the more, the more you got to pay. So the more it's got to go up, but you've got a lot more time. But if it doesn't uh, sell by the expiration, then it'll auto sell and you pay the VIG. What does your mentor feel about the options? Is this something he taught or is this something you've, you've studied on your own? This is something he's taught. And this is, uh, I've basically taken the, the principles that he's taught me and applied them, but on a longer scale, not just at the end of the day. Okay. And it, uh, I was talking to him about this and he's like, you know, as long as you have the foundation, like every guy kind of finds his niche, you know, and some guys find their niche, like Fridays are crazy. Like it's going up and down and stuff. So I don't really touch them on Fridays. That's kind of what he's taught me. But he's like, you know, there's guys that only work one day a week and they do it Fridays and they're able to make money there. So mm-hmm. it's whatever like niche or part of it that interests you that you just focus on and 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 it's well you've you, you talked about how uh draining it, it could be to be constantly looking at the market so for you to do the futures or whatever you it makes maybe a little more sense from that respect you do your work and then you can hopefully sit back and prosper is that is that part of it it feels to me more like passive income like i do okay. the research uh look at the financial statements um look at the patterns and, you know, you spend 
two to three hours finding one. And then when you find that one, you research it and check all the boxes and then uh, uh, fire and it's done. And you kind of put it into the auto system and you have little alerts that come up when it gets up to a certain price and you're like, okay, there we go. I need to watch this over the next, uh, you know, week or 12 hours or whatever. And, uh, and then you fire or not, you know, it's a, uh, it's a fun game. It's a fun game. It sounds like gambling to me. It is. <laughs> it is. I mean, how is this different than blackjack? I mean, the edge has got to be so razor thin for a guy who knows how to count cards. But I mean, I guess if as long as you're betting on the future, you you have you don't own anything with the with the, with the the options though. That's, Not really. I, you, I, I mean, guess you you own a betting slip. Pretty much. Yeah. You're on, yeah. Um, it, the whole thing should be banned. Whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess I guess I should I should know something about it before expressing outrage. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this just sounds like some monstrous game that a bunch of billionaires have come up with to uh, <laughs> probably to, is <laughs> to get to get suckers to throw give them some money. Oh yeah, here you bet. But it's basically they're juicing you. If it goes down five percent, you get you lose more than five percent. You lose eight percent. You do. So you do. that's. The, that's where these the guys who run these services obviously make their money. So they're oh, taking. Of course, it's no taking, it's uh, no different than the casino that's, right. well, uh, that's charging you a rake when you sit down and play a cash game or sure twelve percent you know, uh, for a tournament. You just got you got to make up the rake. The whole options thing could be. Uh, it seems uh, collusion would be much easier to do here, or much, much greater incentive for the option traders to fuck with people. But I I, I got no clue, Steve. I'm just babbling, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm not moving the line anyway. One or it's one amazing. way or another. It's the uh, billionaires that are managing hedge funds that are buying these things that are influencing it. You're just trying to guess which way they're going to go. Basically, all it is. You're preparing for a, a marathon, Steve, and you still have time to do this. It's pretty amazing. It's uh, it's fun. I um, I've been doing the football pool too. We're almost to the end of the season. Um, survivor pool. Into, uh, not a survivor pool, but a um. Fantasy pool, fantasy league. Uh, fantasy, yeah. I'm probably going to break even in that. I came out in the middle of the pack. There's a consolation prize. And unless I get unlucky the next two weeks, I should uh, get a little bit more of my money back. The other one I'm talking about is this football pool where you pick um, the teams, uh, you pick the games every single week, and um, you got to pick them against the spread. And my brother came up with this mathematical system where there's 172 entrants um, and he's in second and I'm in 10th and I'm just following the math. And uh, um, he's been doing it. He did it two years prior and he cashed both times and he basically wanted to test his system, you know, so he's doing it. I'm doing it. He's doing it a little bit different, which is the reason we're not in the same place uh, is he's, he watches a hell of a lot more football than I do. And he puts his opinion on these as well as uses the math. I'm just following the the algorithm. Okay. And uh it's pretty impressive, dude. I want to join more of these and have like you know uh three or four of them every week instead of just one because then you have three or four rolls of the dice instead of just one and um you know with as many games as there are over the entire season uh luck is a lot less of a factor, you know. 
God, Steve, it'd be tiring to be spend all day with you. <laughs> Your mind's always racing about this. No, there is. Um, obviously, there's. Well, we know the fantasy sports. There's money. We've seen Mark and a few other poker guys uh, stop playing poker just because that's so lucrative. Yeah, yeah. That's a different. That's a. That's kind of a different. That's like kind of almost playing cash games poker. I think because you're. Yeah, the 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 house is raking you, but you're also playing against bad players. So I guess it's it's similar in these these leagues here. People are just not paying attention. Yeah, I mean, really, like uh, looking down the bottom of the list. I mean, like it really is quite amazing. Uh, I'm I'm trying. I'm keep scrolling up to find the first guy that's that's uh, doesn't have a losing record. I wanted to ask what the algorithm is, but I don't know what an algorithm is. So this specific one, you know, it's, it, I think it's I, a, guy I, named, I, a guy named Algo from the old neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, the bottom 50 people don't even have a winning record. Right. Right. Well, that's like, it, it's, it's like better than a poker tournament. Like there's people that are buying lottery tickets that, just have no chance of winning. Like, well, how is that? I mean, if you're picking games against the spread, I mean, I mean, there's isn't there always like a joke every year, like Joey the Chicken, or there's always some farm animal that somebody uses to pick games, and they do better than like half the betting population. No. Well, the beauty of this is that you get the spread on Tuesday, and that's the one you're betting on. But then you have five days worth of uh, shit that can happen. Okay. Like a quarterback can get injured or their star running back sprains his ankle and the line moves from minus two and a half to, uh, you know, minus six and a half. So that, but you're still betting on the minus two and a half. So yeah, whatever your original bet is locked in. So the, basically that's, you're trying to bet early before like the experts move the line. Try no, to no, 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 no. The experts set the line on Tuesday. So there's seven or 12 guys in Vegas that decide what this is going to be. Right. And they decide that uh, Chicago is a favorite at home against Green Bay. And say that they set the line at minus three. That comes out Tuesday. Now they submit it to the betting public, and everyone can bet on it and do whatever the fuck they want. And if a whole bunch of people think that Chicago is good, uh, they'll bet Chicago minus three. Then it goes Chicago minus three and a half because they got so much money on that side, they got to cover the other side. Right. Then it goes minus four. Then it goes minus five. And the reason it keeps going that way is because their star running back and one cornerback both got injured. The second string guys are in. They're both rookies. You have no idea how they're going to do. But everybody has this information. I'm I'm confused. So you're jumping on these these point sh- uh, changes before anyone else is. is no, 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 no. The line comes out on Tuesday, but you don't actually place the bet until an hour before the game starts. Okay. So. You have all that information of when the line opened, the line you're betting is Chicago minus three, uh, but Aaron Rodgers went out <laughs> and he's not playing on Green Bay. This sounds so now like... all of a sudden Chicago is going to be a huge, even a bigger favorite than minus three. They're going to be like minus six. I'm confused. But you can still bet minus three. So you bet minus three before oh, the game starts. So this, this particular league, they give you out the point spread at the beginning of the week. Yes. And then all you do is just bet the point spreads at the end of the week. And a lot of people aren't even looking. They're just still, they don't even know that the split, the lines have changed. Exactly. Well, that's not a, that's not a brilliant skill. That's just, this is a dopey league with a bunch of people who obviously just lighting money on fire. And, and, and there's fucking hundreds of these, bro. It's okay. It's, it's, 
It's free money is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, this is like, uh, there's a couple sports bettors there. I've kind of, people talk about sports betting, of course, all day at the casino, and I really don't know much about it. I, um, but I know there's a couple of guys, again, they, pro- they probably break even and just they beat the rake doing this. Who knows? But it's, uh, yeah, somehow there's some site which basically, you want to see what the smart money's doing. When mm-hmm. I said professionals, I didn't mean the people who set the line. I meant like the professional gamblers who kind of, you can follow the smart money quotes maybe and then kind of see where they're going to, where the lines are going to get pushed. So I, anyways, these guys go to a, they basically try to bet, know what the point spread is going to move between when they make the bet and line. So they, they they'll put it at three, but where all the different factors, they study this website where, you know, the history of where the line goes here and there. They're buying it at three, so they get it at three and a half. So they're getting an extra half point on game day kind of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But basically razor thin edges where you're trying to get those, you pick games and you're getting hopefully two or three a weekend where you're on the, you get an extra point, I guess, the way, the way they would probably put it. Yeah. But this sounds, yeah, even more dramatically. Um, yeah, but not a lot of football lines will change by three points over the course of a week, right? That's pretty rare. That's like a major. No, it's rare. But when you do, yeah. what the beauty of these is that you have one game per week where you can bet five points. Ah. So when the line moves like that and Aaron Rodgers is out for broken collarbone, nobody saw that on Tuesday or whatever, or whatever his injury is, right? Uh, and the line moves like that, you can, you can make that game worth five points. And the line that you were just mentioning, I didn't know this either before I started doing this, uh, but going from three points to three and a half is when you put that in a dollar value, it's no different than me handing the casino a dollar and them handing me a dollar and 21.4 cents. For every time, if you can get it at three, but it goes to three and a half, that's literally worth a dollar and uh, is, is literally worth what, uh, 21.4 cents uh, for every dollar. So you if you're a professional gambler and you're betting, you know, 1% of your roll on every uh, bet and your roll's half a mil, that's 5K. And you multiply that times 1.214 and you'll get, uh, you make a, um, uh, you make some money. Yeah. The other one is two and a half to three. That's a huge move. And it's because three points is very common in football because that's what uh, field goals are based around. Sure. You know, and um, uh, that's also worth 21.4. Other values that are not that much would be things going from like uh, 12 and a half to uh, 12. That may be worth five cents on the dollar or something you know it's not very much but those are the two biggest moves two and a half to three and then three to three and a half i would just think that playing this perfectly still but there are there are such a thing as professional gamblers i mean technically that's what's on my w2 but i don't you know i play poker but there are guys who supposedly win in sports betting every year yeah i I, I think the big part of it is is like you know uh, some of what alex is talking about in this cash game class is he's like you know, the most money is going to be at home games. It's not going to be in the casino. And I'm like, you know, he's fucking right. Every time I played at a home game, it's unbelievably fucking soft. And uh, you got to interject yourself in that, you know, and it's no different with this. Like you're, you know, only as good as your competition. And when the competition doesn't even know that the lines are changing, like, wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> just play in that game. 
Um, I know you're not a movie guy, Steve, but just quickly recommend Molly's Game. Have you heard of that? This is this is kind of old news for the poker players. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I like the movies and stuff. I've seen Molly's Game. Very good. Yeah, I've seen it. Great movie, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I liked uh, it anyways. Um, I can't remember stuff. the actress's but, name. But Jessica Chastain's tits in your face every five seconds. I like that <laughs> aspect of it, too. <laughs> yeah. This gal uh, sets up a... Um, uh, a poker game where guys come in and you know it's basically a home game, but you know they play for a ridiculous. Well, the rich—it was—it was, it was big news because of the rich and the famous. Because she was dealing with Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio and yeah, yeah. all that all that crew. But anyways, I, I like the movie, but it, it's very much about it. It's kind of a business class too, and how to run a home game. Like you would, you would probably appreciate that aspect of it. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah, my po- I was going to say there, there's supposedly, there's a lot of good home games around here. I never really pay attention, but there's people I haven't been seeing. They're like, oh, they're playing this game, that game. Um, I just don't have a bankroll for that, even though I would have a personality, perhaps, that people would enjoy the home game. And, um, well, what are the home game uh, buy-ins? Uh, from what I just, they're just always wild. And it's really like at a casino. I mean, if I buy in, I, once I'm up 1500, I'm going to kind of knit it up a little bit, you know? Okay. I just think they run you out of the room if you're not giving action. I might not give enough action, which is kind of, but I don't know. Yeah, it depends. The one game I know uh, that was described is, is a big game. So okay. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an uncapped game. It's oh, like wow. Okay. An uncapped game is somebody's picking out, putting 20,000 on the table. So, or more. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Most of the home games that I, I, I have been invited, I did went to one, which was one, two. But again, everybody's gambling and rebuying, and within two hours, of course, everyone's there's you know, there's potentially uh, you know five thousand dollars on the table or something, even if it's a two hundred dollar buy-in. Okay, triple it four times. I think I did okay that night. I think I made like four hundred bucks in five hours and left. And there's another one someone tried to invite me to, but for you know, like I've said, um, my generally non-trustworthy nature. All I need to do is hear one person get story of one person getting hung up at at a held up at a at a home game. Happened to one guy I know I play with all the time. Um, I don't want no part of it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm sure they're very profitable. You should, I should definitely be like keeping an eye on that sort of thing. But right now it's just like, you know, I just don't have money. I figure finally I'm in a groove. I play, you know, these red chip games and grind out a living. And uh, until I have, you know, more money, I just, there's, I can't really. Well, even the one, two, one there, I mean, it's uh, not a sample size that we can really do, but. You know, four hundred bucks in five hours—that's pretty good hour, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, another, uh, he did say he did mention the robbing thing though, and he said, you know, uh, get with ones that have never been robbed and have been around for a long time. You know. Right. It, uh, he'd never been robbed, but one of his buddies had, and uh, so yeah, I guess that's a risk you take. But I think we were. When we, I don't know if we had Alex on. He was talking about this kind of like he 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 carries a dummy roll in his pocket. Oh, you ever heard that? No, that's like, pretty smart. Where you, where I, I guess there's a lot of people do this kind of talk about it, but you know, like, I mean, uh, I don't know how much he had, but like, he'll, he'll have a backpack with say, you know, 20, 25,000 in it. And then you have a wallet in front that has, you know, an expired credit card and 300 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Dummy roll or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, I was thinking a, uh, a roll of uh, $1 bills with like a 50 on the outside and a rubber band. So it just looks like a fucking wad, but it's really like $73. <laughs>
uh, no, this is just separating your money. And like the dummy roll is where somebody thinks they've, they've gotten your money, but they, but they haven't. Yeah. Okay. I've heard about that when you're traveling, doing that with a cell phone, having like a crap cell phone and a crap wallet, like you said, with the expired credit card and a note that said, got ya. <laughs> right. But, uh, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm eager to see what uh, I didn't even know he. I know he played cash back in the day, but I'm sure, like you said, he's such a uh, perfectionist. I'm sure it's good stuff. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, you should um, you should go through it. I'll get you the link. Yeah. But you said you have a, a couple of hands. Uh yeah. Okay. Let's just see what these uh, these are <clears throat> here. Let's just get right into it. Let's. Why not? This was just kind of interesting. This hand, I think, was again, I was going to say I want to talk about bankroll, but I was kind of, we got, it's kind of a weird little thing going on here. We got a guy who's a massive whale, mm -hmm. um, major, a lot of money, major action. And it's like, we're playing two five the other day, you know, $800 cap. And he's, he's down like 6,000. Okay. And he's like, I want to put 10,000 on or I'm leaving. He was kind of waiting. There's only like a couple guys who can really play with him. There's only, you know, it's a small card room. There's only like, three or four regulars who are capable of pulling 20,000 out and put it on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, he was here during the day and it was, uh, um, the game became uncapped and, you know, I, but I started chipping up, but then all of a sudden, you know, there's wasn't just the daytime people, the night crew started coming in people who just like lay 15 K on the start of the game. And pretty soon, obviously it's a, it's an uncapped game and it's big. And, um, I'm, I'm like the shorter stack. So I was down in this game down to 3000. Okay. I mean, into the game for 3000 with like 1500 in front of me. And then I got a double up. So anyways, um, but it is like, okay, I, I've got even here. Like, should I be getting out of here now? <laughs> you know, cause I was to me lose 3000 a game is like a lot right now. So, yeah. so, um, you know, that's four buy-ins, but anyway, uh, you know, but I'm like, Oh, this game's too good. I got to stick around. But, but this has had a, I think we've had talked about the situation before. There's times where I'm in like the greatest game ever, but it's just like, okay, I bought it for 1500. I have 5,000. I mean, what the fuck you want me to do? Especially yeah. if I'm coming off a losing streak, you know, it'd be so nice to, I had one buddy who's, he was, he was in Vegas away and I'm giving him the, the info, the lowdown on this game and talking about some of the hands and how crazy it is. He's like, I want half your action and you're not leaving. Yeah. Basically, just go for the fences here. Who yeah. cares if you lose three k? This is this is the kind of game you can leave with twenty five k, and you know, yeah. cover two or three months' expenses. Exactly. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, this preamble is really pertinent to this hand, but this is kind of what I just now. I'm normally I just go in and I have a game to play. It's pretty pretty straight. But now there's all sorts of the bigger games are so much better. It's like, geez, do I just go in there, buy short for a thousand, try to double up, to, you know, blah blah blah. But, um, anyways, in this hand, I am the under the gun folds, and I have two red tens, and I have thirty two hundred dollars. And this is just a five five game now, no straddle. Okay. Eventually, it'll become five five ten, but it's an uncapped five five. Um, that's an open. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. This was a straddle game here. I'm looking, looking at now. Oh, so I, I, I was effectively under the gun. Under the gun was straddling. And with pocket tens, I raised to $30. Okay. Um, a lot of times my normal raise size there is like 40. 
probably yeah, most games. Say 35, 40, but. but again, this this is a little tweak. Uh, there's this one guy who's, um, like I said, who's who's. I, I don't know. I don't like saying whale or fish. I never use that. I would just say he's the action. But yeah. um, he's gonna he three bets like all the time with just about anything. So I save myself, even though it will be three k effective. And technically, if I made it forty and he made it two fifty or something real big, I can still call. Yeah. But I was kind of downsizing my opens a little bit just so um, playing post-flop is a little cheaper because I'll be calling three bets so much. Okay. So the um, it folds to the button. I think we're playing like five or six-handed here. Folds to the button, and he makes it 130, which, of course, is what I'm expecting. He has $31,000 in front of him. Okay. So, and I had What would you say we have? 15? 3,200. 3, oh, 3,200. Okay. Uh, and what'd you say he makes it? 130? Yeah. Okay. I'm just looking. This game, this is the most straightforward hand in the history of poker. <laughs> well, not, not, I mean, but, but it's kind of interesting. Um, he makes it 130. Mm-hmm. The next, uh, it folds back to me. Okay. And um, I'm calling here. Yeah. Um, the only way to play this hand, I think. Against yeah, the- I, it may, maybe we're just jumping through it, but. Uh- yeah, I like your reasoning for opening small because if he's really three vetting that often, then you keep the uh, stack to pot ratio uh, better uh, going to the flop. And um, I don't see any reason to because you you could four bet here, but then you got to fold to his shove. And the way you described him, you do not want to do that. I, um, yeah, yeah, you might have to call his shove actually. Because well, okay, maybe you do, but, but when I he's don't got to do he's that got, with tens, right? Yeah, you don't, you don't <clears> really just, want to get. Yeah, let's let's see seventy percent of our hands and make, and make a decision then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I think I'm. I might only be kings, aces, and kings with re-raising. I might even flat ace, king, and queens here. Yeah, I probably would as well. you just want to avoid flipping with the guy, and that's how I actually got down. I sat down and bought him for fifteen hundred, and immediately uh, got in ace, king, and he. This was actually a pretty funny hand. Just to go back, it's like he three bet, I four bet with ace, king. He five bet, I six bet, and he he had already had eleven hundred in and tanked with only four hundred more to go, mm-hmm. getting like seven or one. And turns out he had pocket fours. I had ace came. We ran it twice, and I lost both. So anyway, oh. but um, yeah. I mean, at this point, if I had if I had queens, I guess I four bet and get it in. But uh, okay. Yeah, basically, you're, not, you're trying to avoid var- high variance situations here and just have yeah. the nuts. You know what I mean? But um, he raises, I call, and the flop is uh, two two ninety in the pot, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the flop is ace ten eight, and there's two spades. Uh, do you remember the spades? The ace and the ten of spades. Okay, ace ten of spades, eight x, and we've got uh, two red tens for middle set. Uh, action is on us with two ninety in the pot. Hmm. Yeah. Now, what what are his tendencies on uh, um, is, when he's three bet? Is he very likely to see bet? Is he likely to raise? Yeah, he usually if he three bets, he's blasting away. But um, he, I, I don't know. Some of the hands I, I were if I were to go through the hands I played, I, I it's hard to like. I can't decipher what he's doing. Okay. Smarter, smarter people can. There's like a lot of spots we've seen similar hands. Me and my buddy discussing where he'll he'll call a three bet, and then like 
with a weak hand and hit just like a small part of it and just like bet, 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 like lead out into it. Hmm, okay. Like if you three bet it, you know what I mean? So it's like, is he, what is, what is the purpose of that? Is he turning a value hand into bluff? Why not bluff catch? And you know what I mean? There's just a lot of, he's just doing a lot of weird stuff. His, you know, his poker one-on-one stuff is way off. Okay. But, okay. You, but if you're going to play with him all the time, you have to see in which way it's off, obviously. So, um, and when he's three bet, um, is he, do you think he's kind of all over the map as well? Or is he a lot of uh, suited broadways, a lot of broadways, uh, all pairs, everything down to like six, five suited? Is, is that all suited aces? Does that sound right? Um, I think you got to kind of full, sort of see how he's doing. If he's, if he's winning a bunch of hands and he's up, then he's three betting six deuce off. Oh, wow. if, 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 his, if his stack starts going in the wrong direction, maybe he'll tighten up a little bit. Okay. And do you remember, if he's got 31K in front of him, I'm assuming he's... He's probably even. I don't know. He was, he was, down, um, he was down quite a bit. And it's hard to say because he's always just... <laughs> there's one hand he lost, like it was like a 5 or 6K pot. And he had like, I think, 20K with him to start the hand and lost like 3K. But then he looked over and had some guy covered him. So even though he had 17K in front of him, he was pissed off and went to the window to get like 10 more K out of his, out of his bank. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Interesting dude, man. I don't know. He's a young good. He's, uh, he's having fun playing poker. Enjoy okay. Okay. With dudes. But uh, obviously right away in every circumstance, but it, it is kind of, when you talk about range, how often will he see bet? Um, obviously in this hand against every single villain, we're always saying, how do we get our chips in? Yes. We want to get all our chips in. Um, again, against this villain, um, he, uh, yeah. So you have to think about that a little differently. Maybe try to think how he thinks. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering if his range is super wide, like you said, like he could be three betting if he's just on a roll with six deuce offsuit, then. We may be better off checking here because his range is so wide that uh, we kind of need him to do the betting for us, like you said. Uh, if it's maybe a little bit tighter and it's like broadways and all suited aces and um, pairs like that and uh, um, suited one gappers, you know, so jack nine and, and nine seven and think of all the suited aces. I mean, you have ace uh deuce suited uh twice and, and now we got an ace on the board so we can get value from that all the broadways so you got like king queen king uh queen jack king jack all of those in there well if he's uh, raising he's, if he's rating if raising 80 percent of the deck steve it'll take a while us to go through all the combos he has here yeah i guess i'm, you know I'm visualizing I mean? the equilab and it and it, it's either going to be pretty heavy in the uh uh, upper left corner with all the broadways and and all the suited aces and I I don't know I like a lead. Well, he's probably raising every ace. Um, so that's what I was thinking. First of all, yeah, he might be three betting a little less against me. I think he he recognizes I'm a little tighter than the other players. Okay. Um, and I'm sitting on a, a smaller stack. Um, so maybe I don't know how he's might tweak his range just a little bit there. But yeah, that's pretty much the question here is what's the best way to get into this. I thought of leading like check raising um, check raising is, would be the standard play against a lot of people here and just hope they have an ACE and think you're on a draw. Okay. Like that would be like a, just my, so I mean, I, here against other guys, you don't really want to. Um, yeah. Like big ego guys I would lead into here. 
maybe you know what i mean like guys are who i describe as an egomaniac because they're just you know they don't want to this is my pot uh but yeah i in a multi-way pot i'd lead in here i don't know heads up i think i'm always going to be check calling or check raising for the most part in this spot i'm not sure i don't know if that's correct i was thinking lead just because i think like with all the broadways and all the aces um you're saying I think he call- hits, and he we we might get a raise out of him here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's well. Yeah, he might raise Jack Queen off here. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know about that, but he, he's probably well. Maybe he's just calling with the aces. Uh, but any spades, I think he, this guy's probably going to raise all Jack nines, all nine sevens. Um, yeah. Then you got all the gut shots: Queen nine, Queen Jack. So are you saying you saying you're you're betting here for protection because you don't want to see him a free card as much as anything else? Uh, no, I'm betting for value, hoping to get raised. I guess a little charge him if he's got a flush draw. He's he may not bet a flush draw. What if he's got six, seven of spades? Would he check that back? Maybe I don't know. Um, but uh, well, I think the question is here. We're we're like, how do we get our stack in if he has nothing? Like that's. Oh, I was thinking, that's, how do how do we get our stack in if he's got something like an ace? Right. Well, that's not going to be very hard, Steve. Okay. <laughs> you think he'll get in three hundred and twenty big blinds with he's, just a lone pair? Well, I don't. I we'll have to see, Stephen. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, that was my like. If I check raise, he's just gonna he's gonna read that as strength and fold. Um. But if I like you said, if I lead into him. Like, yeah, he might not accept, like, the strongest line. Like, the check raise is pretty strong. Yeah. But um, – He might yeah. be able to fold ace-seven off suit there when uh, when you check raise him on the flop, and then I feel like we miss a lot. But he's definitely calling 200 when he has ace-seven off suit, and he might bet 130 if he has ace-seven off suit. I don't know. But uh, I like a lead. Right. Well, if we if we bet bet bet, it's hard to get our whole stack in a little bit. I guess we could bet. Um, we could bet two hundred on the flop. Bet big. Bet you know six hundred on the turn, and then uh, yeah, we, we can even you know, up our sizing. Pot pot pot. That probably just about gets it. Two two eighty on the flop. Let's see, eight forty, eight forty on the turn. If he calls, yeah, we can get it all in. Just going pot 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 here. If we bet, we bet out. Um. I check. Okay. And he bets 200. Oh, all right. I stand corrected. <laughs> okay. Button 200. All right. So. He's got a lot of nothing. We got it. He's got a lot of nothing. Yeah. Sure. Against most spots, I'm never slow playing aces on, uh, I mean, sets on ace high boards. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping they have an ace usually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if somebody, if somebody C bets here and they don't have an ace that you call, they're not going to be barreling that off. Yeah. You're giving them two free cards cause you're not going to get anything more. And they're sitting there with deuces and you're giving them a chance to own you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So basically, I, I was just treating this like uh, interesting. Well, I'm, I was going to uh, check race. Okay. Like this is a guy who will fall, who will barrel, probably most turns. But again, I'm trying to get stacks in. 
So that's the problem. If, if yeah, if you get lucky here too, and he's got like Ace King, uh, if you if you check raise him here, then he's he's probably re-raising you, right? Possibly, but if we, my point is here, if we just if we just leave, if we just check call here, um, which is tempting because he has so much crap in his range, right? He misses this flop eighty to ninety percent of the time. Okay. Total, total nothing. Well, not total. I mean, you know what I mean? Of course, this guy might not, he might consider King nine with a King of spades to be, you know, something. Um, yeah, I guess he's more like a three bit. Like again, how do I get her stacks in with air is more how I was thinking here. Okay. And that's the problem. If I just, it's not like he's just, uh, if I check call here, it doesn't mean he's necessarily blasting off in every turn. But even if he so if he checks back the turn, then all of a sudden we're we can't get stacks in. I mean we can, but it's it's much less likely. Um uh, anyways, I thought I'd check raise, even though he has crap so often. Uh, because he he's he's willing to put all his chips in on a bluff. Although you know, this looks obviously very strong for me. And I was not yeah, just watching him, he 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 treats these spots as somebody he likes these as a challenge. Oh, someone's raising me. Let's see if they really can stand up to the heat, kind of shit, you know. Oh yeah, okay. I think so. Um, I raised to eight hundred. Uh, if we were trying to induce a shove, I guess um, conventionally you maybe go a little smaller. But I thought I'd make it. I like the idea. This is one of those maybe. Uh, I didn't try to size it up like. 770 like i didn't think about sizing it's more of one of those things like i just kind of stared at him for a second you know ripped out eight chips up just there. grab some chips and put them out yeah yeah i, I, yeah, I know exactly but, what you're talking about yes. basically <laughs> he threw out two, he threw out two chips like it you know like without thinking yeah yeah it. like I, whatever I just grabbed eight chips okay that's how i play um i don't know if this is a great this impacted the hand at all but um he shoved it, and uh did you cream pants when he did that uh no i i'm, I'm a negative person steve because i saw okay. the eight, i ca saw the ace on the turn and i'm like okay what's his kicker uh-huh and then the seven on the river but he had just uh nine eight off for bottom pair wow well done sir so it wasn't a genius by me but i guess this was part of the point of the story i left a few minutes later okay <laughs> i was into the game for 3k <laughs> now I had 6k. Mm -hmm. And you know that's a uh, that's a week's wages for me Steve. I had to get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of painful. Yeah. Now, could you have Okay, so you left 3k up, right? Yeah. Could you have put 2k in your pocket and put 1k or I'm sorry, put uh, uh 5k in your pocket and put 1k on the table and played with um No. No. Well, I mean uh, you, I would have to quit the game and come back in in an hour. Yeah, you can't uh, go south. You can't go south. No, yeah. uncapped game. You can go north, but you cannot go south. I mean, who knows? I could have. I could have reached out, and said, "Boys, I'm I'm poor these days. Do you mind if I?" It, it's funny. This guy who's oh, I won this body. Such a great guy, though. After the ace king and four's hand, mm -hmm. um, I was debating whether to leave or not. I'm like, just give me a minute. And he was like, he was very apologetic. He says, "Listen, I'll give you two two thousand, dude, and I just want thirty five percent of profits." Which is like the most ridiculous <laughs> deal. I'm, I I wouldn't take that because it's it's kind of stealing, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
No, I told him, I said, dude, I could be broke any day though. I'll be, you'll be the first person I hit up. So. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had to leave Steve, but yeah, that wouldn't be a, a horrible idea to re- recycle in there. It, uh, it gives me a chance to tell my Atlantic city Borgata, uh, 20,000 in cash in, in 36 hour stories against Steve for the hundredth time. <laughs> I Basically I was doing that recycler. Uh, I played, went and played five, five, bought him for 500, you know, ran it up to 1200, went over to five ten, ran it up to, and I did that rotation three times. Wow. Going to five, five with a 500 cap game, making like, Anywhere between three hundred and a thousand, then going to the five ten, where you bought—I forget what the cap was—probably buying in for five fifteen hundred two k, running it up to like six or seven k every time, <laughs> and then just going back. And then this is what I was at, and this was horrible. This was right before I moved out to California, where I thought I was good at cash game poker. Yeah, the guys and I was just cash games. But it is like when you first step in a card room and you start three and four bit five bidding, you got basically people sitting and waiting for hands. I think a lot. That's like the optimal way to play and gets me in here. Of course, every time they fought back, I probably just had a set or something, you know, <laughs> I was stealing a shit ton, but um, yeah, anyways, but that's what I did. Like three times I quit the five ten to go back to five, five. I'm like, Oh, I got to, you know, preserve this a little bit, but uh, that wouldn't be, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a bad way to conduct myself in the, uh, the I, I'm just, uh, the, the, he had a whole section on um, uh, minimum buy-ins. Like, uh, you know, buying in short stack and, uh, it, uh, I mean, it's a, it's an extremely easy way to play, you know? Uh, but I, I was just thinking you might be able to employ a strategy similar to that, uh, well, in, in these yeah. games where it's just like, you just have no decision after the flip, you know, you know what I mean? Like you just get it in right after the flop or not. Um, and you could secure a, uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That might be bad for him to, uh, hey, you guys mind if I pocket uh, 4K here and play with two? <laughs> I didn't think of that. No, maybe at a home game, they'll let you stick around if you're Dude. like a special, if you're like a special bit of action or well beloved, but not in a, no, not in a, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in yeah. any casino card game are you that I know of. Are you allowed to go south, anyways? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but I actually had a lot of hands. The same guy a couple nights earlier. It was kind of the same deal. We're playing like a low stakes game. He said, put all the money on the table. And uh, I had in that game, that was very similar. I got to, I was into that game for even more, like 3,600, which was okay. like every, every dollar I usually bring to a casino. I usually, not, you know, only bring in like four or 5K I have there. Yeah. Um, so this was fucking Tension City. And I was down like 800 bucks in front of me and ran it up to like 4,300. And so I was, you know, I quit when I was up 700 or whatever it was. But it was this was fucking living on the edge. This is this is when you get behind your bankroll. It's just it's just it's kind of scary. Um, you know what I've done, and without realizing it, yeah, uh, I'll uh, I remember sitting at a two three table, being up like twelve thirteen hundred, cashing out, getting something to eat, taking a nap in the car, and then coming back in and resetting. Right. You know, and it takes forty five minutes or an hour, but really my hour leaves nineteen bucks an hour at two three, so whatever but i secured <laughs> you know 900 sure <laughs> so um yeah uh, it's kind of i mean see as i hate it when people do it to my game the two five because there's a few guys there there's a couple of these um i mean it's the smart way to go but you, you just can't have everybody doing it other than the game dice you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i'm always, i'm always the schmuck is like in the 
when there's the when the when there's the you know the two lanes merging in the highway and there's mm-hmm. still guys going like 70 miles per hour there when everyone's merging just to get past the you know the edge i'm like you know there's got to be the one schmuck who doesn't doesn't move so i'm like pretty adamant against recycling in the two but times a lot of times the main two five game is terrible hmm. with just a bunch of nits and a bunch of pros yeah but the must move game you look at the board and you see some spectacular names there yeah so we have yeah the irish guy who's there and if you they're just like just experts at it and it's just it's just annoying but they're doing it they're doing it right if your goal is to chase every dollar there then yeah, a lot of times you'd be quitting this game, running this game, and going back over here, and da da da. And you know, I I don't like being that kind of pro, but um, like mm. I said, I'll probably be doing more of it. Alex had an entire video on that subject as well. <laughs> I feel like a fucking broken right. You got another hand? Uh yeah. Let me okay. see. Okay. Let me see which one is interesting, Steve. Uh, I'll see. Yeah, he, anything. Game selection. Don't be afraid to walk up. Get up and walk away. Uh, Two five again. Give me a second here, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think what is the uh, the best hand to show here. Uh, okay, this is a hand my buddy told me I played terribly the other day. So let me just fuck Steve. I'm sorry. Uh, what else okay. can we talk about? Let, let's let's mock somebody other than you or me for once. Oh, you know, this is what I wanted to talk about, too, here. Hmm. Someone's getting their ass kicked soon, Steve. Oh. I don't know. I don't know who. I, can know, I don't know who, but it's feeling in a sense. No, the funny thing is when I'm, I, I'm like, here, I, I kind of maybe have a different persona in, like, live poker. I'm, like, always kind of, like, I'm half a schmuck, but I'm playing as the full schmuck. And if people, like, I want to be the one, like, non-ego person there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if somebody's like, you suck at poker, this or that, I'm always like, I'm doing, you know, we're my best buddy. I'm like, you know, it must be real horrible to lose me to me then, you know, I'll make it. But, um, I'll know, I think it's gotten to the point though, that I've let so many people do this, you know, where I'm like the guy getting mocked. There's now, I was getting, there's a couple guys the other day. I've never even met this guy. And I'm telling, somebody's telling a story. I'm like, oh, well, when I do something stupid, it's like, it's good to have this guy around to straight me out. And this guy I don't even know is just like, he just, he just set me off. Maybe something about his face. He's like, hmm, it sounds like a full-time job keeping you from being stupid or something like that. So uh, <laughs> maybe I've noticed there's other reasons. Like, it's like, you know what? I've let this go too far. <laughs> like, it's my own fault that, you know, that's, you're, if you're not standing up for yourself. like Yeah, the self-deprecating humor, like, no, yeah, guys that don't even know me or have rapport or taking shots. Right, yeah. It's like I do this shtick with a few people, and now it's like there's like this, yeah, random dude there the other day. He's like... Uh, I don't know, man. I it's, felt it's a little bit of that too. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. From me or from you, or for you, uh, or you just mind? Yeah. No, but, just in general, kind of in public, and in, and it's like, hang on, well, I just, a lot of I just met just this see, guy, and he's already like, who the hell are you? Yeah. You know? Well, kindness. A lot of people just see as a weakness. You know what I mean? Like if they don't think you're going to get back in their face. I mean, I hate to say this, like this. I don't know where this like ego surge is, whatever you want to call it, but you know, it's gotten worse recently where it's just like, you know, I got to be a man here and just fucking stand up for myself. And you know, if it's like, yeah, um, I don't want to be choking people in the bathroom, but it's better than sitting there all day and letting people know that you could, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting <laughs> that, uh, I feel like I've the card room. That's one, one way it's changed where I'm like noticing it's not just a few guys are kind of chumming with or, you know, dumping me on, dump it on me. Um, it's not like it's way too many now anyways, but I let that happen. So the only way to change course for everyone's benefit, really. 
drop the hammer, Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> Rule with an iron fist. <laughs> oh man, I'm really stoned now, Steve. I thought it, I I wanted it to kick in like an hour ago for, for humorous uh, purposes, but um, you know, let's. Fu- oh, that I just went back from my high school reunion. We didn't talk oh, cool. about that, did we? No. Uh, I don't know if there's anything really too interesting. Thirty um, year. Thirty year reunion. Yeah. Right on. I got a couple high school buddies I knew who were just just crushing life. You'd be like multi, 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 multi millionaires, you know. Good for them. One guy is the uh, started a sports uh, one of the biggest talent agencies. He started their sports division. It's kind of he, he used to represent athletes, and now it's like you can tell he's where the real money is. It's like he'll represent his agency in getting the na- getting like Amazon to hire them to get the try to get the naming rights for a stadium or something like that. Wow. So you now you're negotiating just these gazillion dollar deals between corporate entities, and this is you know he's a sports agent, but it's you know corporate stuff in the sports world. Good for him. That's cool. Uh, I don't know if there's anything too interesting, but it, it could have been. It really could have been like our junior year of high school. Like the beers got cracked at like eight in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because it was basically like a three day bender kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it was good. It was. I mean, it was fun. We got a little. There's only 100 people in my high school class, and supposedly like over 60 had committed to it. Okay, but only like 30 some showed up, which was kind of weird. All and a lot of them were like the local ones who still stayed. They're still in town. So I thought that was maybe an interesting. Uh, there's there's all there's all sorts of psychic wounds people are carrying around from those days. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, man, there's people I mean, just just don't want to see like they got the yeah. ex girlfriend, whatever. They're married. They know you know. Or there's I think. Um, I think like the the people who probably put a lot, of, a lot of weight are probably self-conscious about who look older than everyone else, probably self-conscious yeah. in certain ways. Yeah. So there's a bunch of little, uh, if you go to your high school reunion or you go to your 20th. I went to the 10 and I didn't know about the 20th. Like I'm never on Facebook and they, okay. apparently that's the only avenue they fucking advertised on. Nobody called me. <laughs> I just didn't even know what happened. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Uh, I will keep track of the 30th, though. I remember the year I graduated. I'll add 30 to that, and I'll start asking people. Say, hey, when you put the post up on Facebook, just text me. <laughs> then I'll know. How was your? Uh, how was your? How was your? Did you have in your high school yearbook? What? What are your? Your class? What do they call those? The superlatives. You know, like they got yeah. the class yeah. heartbreaker, best athlete, funniest. Did you have a? a were you the most spirited? I very close. I was the friendliest. Friendliest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that's for you. That's no small thing, right? Yeah, it was kind of cool. It uh yeah, I I think I was. I was kind of the chameleon that could uh you know blend in with all the groups and, and crowds, you know. Okay. Uh it uh that was my uh yeah. It was fun. It was fun. I've always kind of been that way though. I mean, like in fifth grade. I was president of uh, my elementary school in junior high. I was uh, valedictorian and then co-valedictorian with uh, my buddy the next year and um, uh, or runner-up. Like I, I won it one year and then he was runner-up and then he won it the next year and then I was runner-up. And, and, uh, and then in high school, I was just always involved with stuff and oh, it was fun. I, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed school. But then when I went on to college, it was just – Man, it felt like you had to take all these classes that you couldn't just take a class and 
the very specific thing that you were interested in. You had to get all these other general education things that I don't give a shit about, you know, uh, Latin American history in the 1820s, but I got to check a box, <laughs> you know, it's like, eh, right. Anything. So anything, cool beyond anything that, uh, interesting at your 10th, you hook up with the, or was, was there the one girl in a high school you were in love with, but you never got out of the friend zone kind of thing. And you just, you know, showed up at the 10th year and just gave her a swift smack in the ass. And let her- <laughs> <laughs> open palms let her know it's a new day there's a new yes. sheriff in town <laughs> captain barton is here <laughs> no i didn't i uh i had a girlfriend at the time that we were living together so that wasn't a uh uh no i didn't um, okay. but uh i would have loved to do that at the uh, 20 but i guess it'll have to wait till 30 um oh that's right i did steve i really embarrassed myself once this is a pretty good story here hmm. um well I, I was leading i had the one girl that i you know that i loved in high school for you know forever there and it's funny we actually went out to um to eat the day after the you know after the reunion and the day before um me and the high school buddies and we're drinking in the car during the day riding around and I'm like, uh, let's give, uh, we stopped somewhere. Let's give Jill a call. And of course I love her. And they're like, oh, and so like I said, it was still junior. It was still junior high school stuff. They're giving me shit. I'm like, no. I said, I would like to talk to her now because we're going to be so fucked up tonight. I want to even be able to communicate. Yeah. And she shows up I and mean, she's, you know, she looks, she looks great. Of course, come in, we'll have fun. And she's really happy to see us. And we get talking. I said something about, she looked really young and someone's like, wow, you look, and I'm like, well, what do you expect, man? The ex beauty queen, you think she's going to, cause she actually was young Miss Connecticut. Mm-hmm. One like the, he went to the national pageant and you know, came in second or third or something. And, um, they're like, because she kept that a secret. She didn't like talking about that. So like, wait, what is this? We didn't know anything about it. And like, Mike, do you know? I'm like, I, oh, you know, I was, I just, I saw some pics when I snuck into her panty drawer one night <laughs> and her, her son was in the next room. <laughs> so she's like shh and i'm like then i was yeah then i started talking about how you know this thing's gonna be great i'm gonna be you know i'll be so high and i, I can't wait to talk to everybody and she's like shh, we're trying to keep my son from you know so <laughs> it wasn't so horrible it was funny at the time but you know was, i didn't i didn't actually by the way raid her panty drawer either but you know no but it was just because i i lacked the courage to do so yeah <laughs> If you had the courage, you definitely yes, would Yes, if there was 0% chance of me being caught or embarrassed, yeah, she wouldn't have actually had any underwear. Yeah. <laughs> That's not just Ray the panties. You would have walked out of the house with the, like a chipmunk with underwear yes. in your cheeks and it's coming out of your socks. No, no, that's, yeah, no, that's hiring. That's like hiring a, a help to pull the dresser out of the, out of the yeah. Smell her t-shirts all night. Yeah, that's that's the kind of person I was back then, Steve. You wouldn't. Oh, that's great. No, I was thinking back because we were sharing. You know, I'm admitting some of this stuff. And there was once. I mean, she was not really interested in college. We kind of had something, but um, she wasn't interested in me. So there's nothing I could do at the time. But I was when I was like a sophomore in high school. Once I came over, I was always I became you know I was always came over. I'd hang out with her family even when she was with her boyfriend. You know, just. Oh wow! Wanting to be around. Well, I, That's I genuinely like that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You had no idea. But um, yeah. One night she's like, uh, I come over and she's like, "Wow, you're so cute when you're when you're sweaty or something like that." Mm-hmm. So I made a point for like the next three years. I never showed up at that house when I wasn't sweating. <laughs> and I swear to God, there's once it was 
there was like a basketball court like a mile up the road from her. Mm-hmm. It was like, I mean, not every time, but like there's whatever. There was one time where it was like winter, a fucking winter. And I made sure that like I was, went up to the basketball court in the snow with the boots, like <laughs> running around in circles. And then finally I felt it up. But the funny thing is I'm wearing like, I mean, it's just winter time. It's freezing. I <laughs> with a winter coat and I'm just drenched wet. <laughs> Oh, it's great. <laughs> I don't have a lick of God in common sense, Steve. What can I say? Oh, shit. So, like, yeah, you know, like I could oh, The things we do when we're 12 that we think make so much sense. <laughs> I'll just show up to prom. Yeah. <laughs> Having played no less than 48 minutes on the, on the court in my tux because uh, she thinks it's hot when I'm sweating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have many other... Similar story, sadly, Steve. I, I was, you know, late, late, late to learning things in life. I mean, I'm still. Oh, we all were. I know. Yeah. I, I still know nothing. You know, interpersonal kind of shit. Anyways, it's pretty, it's pretty terrible. But what can you do? <laughs> oh, uh, but it's kind of funny. I hadn't seen. I mean, some of these guys are not even on Facebook, which kind of, which kind of funny. I was thinking about. I know you're not. You're not really anti-social media. You just don't waste time on there. Right, your 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 Twitter thirty minutes a week just to say kind of check in and say hi to people. Yeah, yeah, I like to follow my followers and. and but the two guys are real successful. I'm sure you would be like as a you'd be studying them kind of thing. But it is kind of they were the two with the biggest like the friendliest too, probably. So friendliness is a great asset. Obviously, people like giving them money and putting them in the chart. But uh, yeah, my one buddy is just who I haven't seen forever. Like I couldn't, you can't even find him online hardly. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I don't believe in any of that. Like, no Facebook and shit. And the other buddy was the two successful ones were, I mean, everybody was, uh, I think every, all my friends are actually really doing what they want to do with life, yeah. which is cool. But um, yeah, anyways, hmm. felt like I would felt, definitely felt like the youngster there. These guys didn't do social media and just weren't, you know, staggering around stoned in the middle of, you know, winter in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah oh yeah but we stayed at this we all stayed decided to get, stay at the same inn you pretty much there's this uh inn Simsbury, connecticut um five da- days after we left they had a fire there <laughs> oh wow i think like yeah i think like half of it might have burned down or something i think they put it out pretty early but like you know extensive smoke damage etc cetera, etc cetera, so Oh yeah, you get one bedroom fire in a three bedroom two bath house, and you gotta paint the entire place. Yeah, well, this was bigger than that. It was like a big kind of yeah, maybe an inn more than a bed and breakfast, I guess probably. Yeah, yes, yeah. maybe twenty bedrooms. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, just giving perspective. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, well, you got it. You got it in uh, before it happened. Well done. I, I'm uh, yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent, Steve, a man of honesty here. So I was I, I was debating whether I was actually thinking about this story. I'm like, man, you know, I really could come up with a good fictional tale here, add all the elements, saying I was you know hooking up finally with this high school girl that I've been trying to kiss for forty three years when the fire broke out. <laughs> Some fireman gave her a goddamn ride home. <laughs> Nature intervened and said no. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> well, do you, uh, do, you, do you have another hand? Were you able to find another one? I'm having so much fun with talking to you, Steve. I'm, I feel like, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Let, give me, just give me a second here. We'll, I, I got an early morning gonna, tomorrow. I, you, uh, I, I think I might come down for that, uh, for that tournament. I think it'll be fun. 
Okay, I've got an well, appointment at seven o'clock and I should be done by like nine. Okay. Well, call me or I'll call you at nine because I'm not sure yet. I have to see how I feel. It's like every time I do, but uh, tournaments are so goddamn fun, man. I just want to, I like when I'm here. And this one's only 40 bucks or 400. I think so. Yeah. The one tomorrow is 400. Like I said, yeah. WSOP.com. If you want to look at the, uh, this is, um, yeah, if you look at the schedule, they've already had a couple events. I'd love to play the main event, but I, I think it starts on Sunday, you know, 1700, a lot of value in those. But uh, I got my son, so I don't, I'm not rescheduling that. Yeah. So this hand, this is at 2-5. And I am in the hijack with ace-queen off, ace of hearts, queen of diamonds. And I have $850 just over the buy-in. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, what, what position hijack you said? Yeah. Okay. No, no straddle? No straddle. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's the standard? 20, 25, something like that? Well, no, it doesn't have the action hasn't got to me yet. Quickly, uh, there's, oh. two, there's, two, there's two limpers in front of me. Oh, okay. This is this is a daytime game. A lot of the kind of old men coffee type, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Um, so there's a limper, and then the limp uh, UTG one limps, and then the hijack limps, and with we have ace queen here. Okay, both OMCs. Uh, the guy to my right is he's he's a loose. He's loose. Okay. Yeah. So he plays a lot of hands. Um, but yeah, more to the loose passive side, I would say. Okay. For and sure. And the uh, first limper? Uh, I, I, I just said old wreck here. So he's, he's probably, yeah, he's just not never going to put a lot of chips in with, with that when he doesn't think he has the best hand. Okay. Okay. Um, um, this is a raise, I think every time. Yeah. So UTG one limps, um, uh, loose passive, uh, limps in the hijack. So we're in the cutoff or... We're in the we're in the hijack. Oh, okay. He, he, I he limped the low jack, and then we okay. He limped the low jack. We raised okay. from the hijack. Okay, and we're in the hijack with ace of hearts, queen of diamonds. Diamonds. Uh, 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 Again, 40. the only if there was ever like a an absolute like lunatic to my left here, you could you could you could flat just to just to back raise. Kind okay. of stuff. But I think the I think the squeezing here would be, even though the the limp is from early from UTG one, it's not like um, it's not like I mean his range is stronger or if he's trapping or something like that. So yeah, I mean, I no, think, he's got like nine ten suited and stuff like that. We've got a range advantage on both of them, so this is for value and to you know try to get at some people behind us so we can play these weaker players in position. Yeah, um, I think I, I made it thirty five. I, I I was gonna say. 35, 40. I, I kind of like it a little bit bigger, actually. I think like 45 or something, you know? I mean, like, let's say they all fold. Well, then we win three and a half big blinds, uncontested, right. easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, okay. All right, 35. Yeah. Or, uh, I make it 35. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. I got the one buddy. I don't really, you know, I don't study her, but I do have a couple people I go with hands over. And one guy is always like, I like – he's always tweaking my bet sizes a little bit. You know what I mean? There's, there's value. I'm always losing just by kind of 
arbitrarily putting money in the pot. I can say sometimes in this spot, I'm going to bet 30 and sometimes I'm going to bet 40. And I couldn't tell you why one time it's better than the other, you know? Okay. Um, let's see what happens here. The button calls. Okay. And it folds to the, um, and the low jack also calls. So we go three way to the flop. Okay. 117 in the pot. Okay. And the flop is? Uh, the button, I think, is another kind of loosey, loose passive player. Um, I don't have his. The effective stacks by the main villain, the loose, the loose uh, wreck to my right was what I call him here. Um, we are now 600 effective after the after he called my raise, after he called my two bet. 600 from the low jack and the button. And we have 850. Okay. And the button doesn't matter. Okay. And we go to the flop. And the flop is the jack of diamonds, the eight of clubs, and the five of diamonds. Okay. Hmm. And place. the guy to my right, he bets 45. Oh, yeah. I'm just I was thinking we were in the, uh, okay. We act second. So the hijack makes it 45. I mean, the low jack makes it 45. We're next to act. And we have the queen of diamonds with the ace of hearts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. A loose passive player leads out after limp calling. I mean... I'd probably just fold. Yeah, it's it's a fold. A few people have asked and said it's like, yeah, it's, it's just you just move on to the next hand. I think so. I think he just has a jack here. So technically, often or something. Even if he has like nine ten, and you're good, like okay. I don't know. There's, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, some there's also the player to act behind me in a heads up pot. I think I stick around. There is just of course a m bunch of cards that are good for us on the turn here. Yeah. I mean, not the ace, the jack, the, the ace, the queen, the king of the ten gives us a straight draw, a diamond, um, even like a nine, lower straight. Um, I can't, like I said, this is just, you know, the one couple of buddies I showed to just were like, this is you played every street wrong. So I figure this is one. To, <laughs> um, he makes it 45 mm. and I make it 160. I thought I'm just going to rep the overpair. And um, I think I'm getting like eights and fives to fold. A lot of one pair hands and even jacks, this kind of guy might consider folding. And uh, I wasn't really worried too much about the person behind me. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know the purpose. I think if you weren't going to fold, what, do you, what would you like? Do you like the flat or do you kind of like my rationalization for the raise here. Um, I don't really like the rationalization with the, with the nine, because the only way we can make a straight is if a 10 comes. So there's a four card straight out there, uh, which right. means well, anyone can fucking see <laughs> like, if you have a, a seven or right. a, um, a queen, then you got the straight. If the queen comes, you can't be too, you can't be all that stoked because he's got nine, 10 in his range. 
Well, pretty um, much, yeah, this is kind of, yeah, this qualifies almost as like, this is kind of like a no equity bluff where I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to bully someone in position because I, I have the stronger range. Only I can have top set probably or the overpairs. I agree. But uh, the but diamonds aren't even all that great because there's two diamonds higher than ours, the ace of diamonds and the king of diamonds. Um, so I don't necessarily like our backdoor draw there. Yeah, I suppose we could pick up some equity with a, a 10 or a king, but those are two very specific cards. And I don't know, I kind of only feel comfortable here with an ace that's not a, I guess a diamond would be good because then only the king's out there. But I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, I just... Well, again, we're not we're not doing this to to catch, you know. And we're no, no, we're doing it to try to blow them off an eight or a five. And I, I guess that logic is okay, but it um, I think he has a lot of jacks here. I just For him think to lead into two players and he's loose passive. I don't know, man. When a calling station bets or raises, like they usually got it. Um, yeah, the way you I, described it, the way you described it. Right. I, I agree with all this. And I, I, I felt his bet at the time was even, um, he seemed, he seemed confident. Yeah. It's just, again, like there's, there's probably going to be just money just is going to flow to you naturally at the table with your good hands where you don't really have to steal chips in these spots. If you want to over talk about the overall game in your typical red chip games. So uh, this is the kind of hand I play a lot here, Steve. Yeah. I played another one today, actually. Um, I don't know if I haven't wrote down the hand details, but my buddy thought it was pretty interesting. Again, me bluffing in a spot where it just, I, sh I could be, I could be good and I should be just pot controlling. I turned, you know, uh, well, let's finish this hand. Okay. Um, so the button folds and the villain calls. Okay. And now the villain has 440 left and there is 437 in the pot. Seven. And what did you say? He's got 440 left? Yeah. Okay. All right. And with uh, Ace of Hearts, Queen of Diamonds, we got a board of Jack of Diamonds, Eight of Clubs, Five of Diamonds. What's the turn? The King of Spades. Okay. And actions on Villain? Villain checks. Nice. Hero checks? No, I mean, this is the easiest shove in the world, right? I mean, we got the gin card. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Not, not only gives his outs, if he does have jack, even even ace jack, jack queen, he's like, he's really just going to be hating life. He never raises ace king. He probably raises pre with it um, or folds to this bet. Um, so we got the gin card too. Yeah, I suppose you're right. He's folding all eights and fives there. He's now uh, folding all eights and fives. We're, we've been denying him equity from some draws, too. Um, I guess, you know, we are. He we, wouldn't be getting the right price if he had 9-10. Correct. Or even, uh, six, even, seven. even a diamond draw. Even um, two diamonds. Yeah, you're he right, has you're a right. diamond. With a, yeah, I mean, this is a shove. You're right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an easy shove. And I check back. <laughs> okay. I guess this hand's more just funny than anything else. I don't know. <laughs> lessons to learn, but it's as played. It's um, it's a fold on the flop, and if you're not going to fold the flop, you absolutely have to blast the turn. And um, king of diamonds on the river, and the villain checks to me. So king, king, jack, eight, five with three diamonds. 
Yeah. Uh, hmm. It's less likely that you have a king now. Yeah, the move was to shove on the turn. I don't um, know. I, I guess he should. Again, I don't think, again, this is not the kind of villain who's going to be ranging me necessarily. It's just going to be how does their hand look to the board yeah. kind of thing. So if they had a jack, that'd be like, he's like, oh, he was already saying internally, oh, on the turn. Yeah. And now with the king of the river, he might be saying, oh, his hand's even stronger. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, he checks to me and I shove and he instamucks a flush up face up. Wow. So okay. I don't know if that's an argument for maybe raising him on the flop because he's just, he's folding. He, you're going to take him off the hand by the river. You just get it. You're getting to actually put more money in, even when you know you're. Where, you, what was his flush? Six high flush, six three of diamonds. Okay. So he had a, he had a, he had, he had a flush draw on the flop. He was leading yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, called my raise. I mean, when you look at it, I guess it all makes sense. Um, I, I, I mean, the check back here, yeah, I mean, we pretty much beat nothing but nine, nine and ten. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, unless he had just the ace of diamonds somehow was playing backdoor, you know, ace, ten of diamonds, you know, backdoor straight. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> – I do have hands like this, though, where – there's shit that I can get away with that at least I'm doing it against the right, right people. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, against, like when I shoved the river there, like, yeah, pros, you're just, I'm repping a, I'm repping a flush or a, pretty much a set or a trips, which I somehow would have after not having, not having a king on the flop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of an interesting hand. Yeah. I'm surprised he, uh, so I guess we just bluff against him always. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's probably the ob yeah, the opposite is just yeah, no, you can three bet him and just push him off hands in the flop. But usually yeah. going for stacks though, um you know, you're well, you should never be like going to stacks with passive players, you know, <laughs> or, unless you have it probably, because when you have it, they're going to uh they are gonna pay you off too much even when they're they're kind of scared money as this guy was, yeah. you know, like I said, here's this spot where, I mean, I could have flopped a set, I guess, but wouldn't I I'd be betting on the turn always? So, you know, but this guy's not even really thinking of that level. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I do not have the nuts. Just level one thinking, what is my hand? And that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have looked at closer, Steve. There are some kind of interesting hands here, but. Okay, one one more actually, because this is played against the same villain where I had the pocket tens. So he okay. he's an he's an interesting guy that we already know, right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a previous night, and he's now two to my left rather than to my right. Okay. No, I'm sorry. No, it's it's a, it's not the same. It's not. It's a different night, but he we yeah two to my left pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So he is. Um, in the big, in the, the straddle and I'm in the small blind. I have Jack 10 of hearts under the gun. Min raises. Oh, actually, you know what this, we do, we were, we were playing around a dead 20. 
I'm just looking at this hand again. Now I remember. So it's five, five, 10, 20. Pretty ridiculous. Again, this is when the guy who's the action at the table wants to go bigger and wants to do these kind of shit. You just do what he wants to do. Yeah. So there's a dead 20 and then there's um, a call by the low Jack, the button calls and Jack 10 suited. I'm low probably jack. flatting here. The low Jack's calling 20. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was after the low Jack? The button and the low Jack and the button each call 20. So at okay. that point, and, um, I'm in the small blind. I might squeeze in some circumstances. I think here, again, you're just trying to make hands with this guy at the table. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I just decide to flat. And predictably, he makes it 120. The big blind folds. And, um, okay, we make it, uh, we call 20 in the small blind with Jack 10 of hearts. And goes goes to the button, folds to the button. button. I mean, not to the button, to the, um, to the straddle. Well, I guess this is. I'm sorry, it's a three blind game. No, 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 no. no. The ten is the straddle. The other ones, you can't do double straddle. The other ones are dead right. So he is the straddle, and he makes it one twenty. Okay. The guy who folds to the guy that straddled twenty. No. To the He's the straddler. The straddler is, it's a five. When I say five, five, 10, 20, the 10 is the straddle. Okay. What's the, the 20? 20 is, 20 is a blind raise. Oh, so the guy after that has to blind raise to 20. He's already raised. Okay. When the, when the hands start right in front of the table, there's a five, five, 10, 20. 20 blind raise means you haven't even looked at your cards yet. Okay. We Got just it. say dead 20. You're okay. And I follow the lingo straddle. now. <laughs> All right. Okay, if it if it folds if it call, if everybody just says twenty that twenty the original twenty does not get to raise, it's okay. basically like we've all called his raise. Okay. So the straddle raises to twenty, and then the dead twenty guy calls, and the other two players fold, and it gets to me and Jack Ten. The, the straddle raises to one twenty. Yes. Okay, you said twenty. Okay, straddle raises to one twenty. The the dead uh, straddle calls 120. Yes. Low jack? Low jack folds, button folds. On you. Okay, hero calls. Obviously easy call. We're giddy to see this deep. Like I think I said, I started the hand with um, like 2,300. The guy who raised here has 18,000. So that's, again, major discrepancy in between how much money we are putting on the table. Okay, four hundred and ten in the in the uh, on the flop. Uh, f- I see four hundred five here. I don't know. Four hundred five. Okay, All right. close enough. Uh, four hundred five, and then um, the three players were playing. Three players, and t- tell me the stacks of the players again. We got low jack. Uh, I don't. Uh, the low jack and the button already out of the hand. I'm sorry. The um, the straddle got seventeen thousand, and the original razor or the dead twenty guy, uh, he probably has like like four k. I didn't I didn't even write it down here. Okay, all right. And we have we started with twenty uh, three hundred, I think twenty three hundred. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Flop queen ten nine with two spades. Queen ten nine, and what? Uh, which ones are the spades? The queen and the 10. Okay. All right. Open ender, middle pair. Action is on us. We're in the small blind. There's 405 in the pot. 
and two guys behind us. Would you ever lead here? Huh. Tell me about the straddle. He's the whale. He's he's the guy with all the money. Yeah, he's the, the guy, guy with all. The- he's the guy from the previous hand with the nine eight yeah. off. However, you would like to interpret. And the guy in the dead uh, twenty. How's he? He's a pro. He's very good. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking check, but I don't. I'm having trouble articulating why. Um. I, feel I like think gonna... well I, I think let the the button take the take the betting lead here um when i got a hand obviously i'm certainly willing to put money into i mean if we if we bet and get raised i or uh, we can't fold yeah but you know it could be one of the one of those things where we already have to play for our stacks on the turn with maybe just a pair and a draw or something you know uh i think check is the play here for sure Okay. Probably going to be checking just about my full range there. I don't know. I can't imagine what would I be leading here with. I don't know. I might lead with pocket pocket nines, bottom set here. Yeah. You could lead with it. You could probably would lead with the nuts here, ten king. If I had no no spade, king king jack. You mean king jack? Yeah. If I had no spade, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I check, and surprisingly, they both check behind. Hmm. Okay. Bummer. All right. Well, maybe that's good. Um, the turn is the king of diamonds. Bingo. All right. Does that put up a second draw? No. Okay. All right. So the board now is king, queen, ten, nine, two spades. We have the second uh, nuts. We got the second nuts. We got the straight uh, jack, ten of hearts. Um, interesting. 405 in the pot. Yeah, I'd, I'd bet. Uh, sizing. <laughs> I guess we're trying to get called by two pair here. Uh, well, trying to get called by a set. Like, what, why would they? Uh, them, well, just... I mean, you're you're betting to get the guy with call with the worst. So, yeah, I think you definitely can get someone to call here with just just one pair, even. Okay. Possibly. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we're deep. They might want to just see what I'm doing if I bet. Um, I liked the check here personally. Really? Because I just think we're again very villain dependent. Um, most if I was going against a couple of pros, they're probably not just gonna rep the jack unless they have absolute crap mm-hmm. you know I mean? but they're always just checking back one pair of hands kind of so a lot of times i would feel compelled to bet this against a lot of people just to get some money in there but i thought the um the button here would be betting at it you know so with some frequency you mean the the guy from the previous i'm hand? sorry yeah the straddle yeah the straddle okay so uh i just check and the straddler bets 200. Okay. And the under the gun player, under the gun dead money raiser, um, he folds. Okay. And it gets back to me. Huh. Describing him from the previous hand and the way he played his. Um... 
his eight nine uh, for bottom pair. Um, kind of like an erase. <laughs> I mean, this hand happened um, a couple days before that. This might have happened the first time I played. Uh, so we didn't have that information. Uh, well, no, he's yeah. I mean, he's he's sometimes he's just crazy playing like one hundred v pip, and sometimes he's not. I thought here he's. If I check raised, um, I thought the most money to make was just being to just uh, check, uh, just a call, just a call, and let give him a chance to to bluff again. Okay. With his with all his crap, uh, like I, if I raise here, I mean this is uh, saying the exact contradicting the exact opposite of what I said the last team. Where if I raise here, he might just, you know, take it as a challenge. No, 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 I've got it. You know, and he shuts. In. So that might have been the most profitable way to go here, but also. But again, this one's so obvious, any idiot can see it. Jack makes it straight. Well, yeah. The other hand was he had a lot more bluffing opportunity. Like I said, the uh, against some, you know, some different kinds of opponents, I might I might check raise here, but um, I decide just to call. Okay. And the river is the five of spades. Okay. Oh. Uh, all right. So we got eight oh five in the middle, and it's on us. Mm. Hmm. As played, I think. Uh... God. Yeah, I feel like I'd check. Like, well. We're not worried about the flush, right? Because he would have bet the flop. I think so. The flush drawn the flop. Um, yeah, no, maybe I would get it. Squeak a little something out of there, like uh, uh, 290, 350, something like that, just to try to squeak out. I mean, that's like 30 big blinds in this game. Well, and you might get called by King Queen. Thirty-five is thirty-five hundred is a thirty three hundred fifty three hundred fifty dollars. That's a that's a car payment. Was was what that is, Steve? Yeah. We don't think in terms of big blinds when there's close <laughs> to. Um, I thought first of all, I lead here. Like if he's got a uh, gives him a chance just to fold his bluffs. He might not. Mm -hmm. He might not rip it over me. And. Um, I mean, I guess the one thing, if you bet here, you could rep the flush and get him off a of jack. Yeah. Against this opponent, maybe just... I don't know that he's going to fold a jack, would he? He's I, not I folding it. a jack for 300. I doubt it, but it, it would be... Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, if, we're, if that's our goal, we, we should, like, pot it. Yeah. And, like, for this guy, Mike, it actually, you know, it's... Uh, it's a mergy bet. He might he might call with one one or two pair as well. Okay. Not just put you on. You know, there's it's just kind of interesting. I don't know. There's difference. I decided just to check, and he bets five hundred. Okay. Um, like I said, when I I think you could just shove here for two thousand or nineteen hundred something. I don't know if that's maybe against this guy. He's gonna he's gonna fold. He's got a full two pair to that, I would think, with the flush out there. Um, 
but maybe he does. Can he get called by worse? I guess is the question if I shove. Um, I don't think so. Like I said, I'm really dismissive of the possibility he has spades. So, you know, I, I sort of basically have the nuts here. Yeah. Sometimes I guess he's got ace jack, but even ace jack, I think he bets every single jack on the flop just because it's straight. This is often just a give up hand from him. Like he was giving up with it on the flop, I'm saying. Yeah. And then on the turn, he's like, oh, well, okay, these guys don't have much. I got to, you know. Uh, he bets 500. And um, I'm saying all this afterwards, but like I just called quickly. It's like, well, there's a flush drag out there, the second nuts. But I'm like, you know, you got to. Um, this might be, again, going back to my point of like bankroll. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think shoving it here against this guy, he might call you with just one pair. Especially when, again, you got to remember that like two thousand dollars. This guy's nothing. He's, True. He's, yeah. he's got eighteen thousand dollars in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Or it, it's not a lot of chips. Let's put it that way. Like if he's not even thinking about money was at the table, it's just you know it's, it's a portion of a stack. You know, like he's probably playing, thinking of it in tournament um, mindset. Anyways, I just call, and again, it's sort of funny. He has just what he has. It turns out he has six of hearts, two of diamonds. Huh. So okay. He was he was drawing dead. He was drawn dead the whole time there, pretty much. Yeah, it um I wonder. See, I'd never thought of raising there. I I guess I just figured I, I would have done the same in game as you as I I, I would have just called. But um I think check I think raising the turn um was definitely the play now looking back at it. Because again, yeah, you want to play for you wanna you're looking for spots to play for stacks. And this wasn't like with the pocket tens where it's the stone cold nuts, but it is, you know, we might've got the same result this time if we check raised. I mean, if we just, uh, we let out, you never know. He might've, yeah. we might, he might've raised the flop or if we just check raised the turn, he might've, he might've shoved over us cause he still had, but it's interesting when you got this kind of villain, but um, let's just say for the sake of argument, he's uh, he, he does have a million dollars to spend there and he'll be, you know, he, he's going to, play every night for the next three or four months which is probably about how long it would take to lose that yeah um well 10k a night he's he, he's had some big nights there too don't get me wrong i mean yeah. he puts people in bad spots and you just you gotta you just have to pay him off obviously yeah. you know but uh so kind of how i pre would proceed in this card room with this sort of presence there you know so it's it will be this constant thing of well, it'd be great if he showed up before, because it doesn't matter how much it is, like a lot of these, you know, heavy poker players, they don't want to be there till like 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah. Because um, they know this guy's going to, they, they know there's not really a rush for them to get in there because yeah. the games have been very similar. This It's kind of funny. This guy get drunk and like, he's calling on, well, Thanksgiving we had this, <laughs> we had a good game and he was even calling like the best players like West of Vegas. What are you afraid of me? Come on down. Da, da, da. Because he was upset because he was sitting there playing with me and a couple guys with 2,000. So finally, um, these guys, of course, changed their plans. Yeah. And they each came, you know, shut up, and they all, you know, put 25K on the table or whatever. So it was a profitable game. Um, but, yeah, it is like it, I got to pick my spots. But there's times if you don't have position on them and you got three or other four, you know, good pros to your left, it really, it really matters. This is where you really have to know about like your player pool and your your game selection. Like if I look over there and I'm like I said, 
if he's the only spot on the table, then everyone else is probably going to be going after me too. Maybe, I don't know. And then, um, it's always good to be in there, but it's just, like I said, it's nerve wracking. Like even in this Jack 10 spot, I'm like, God, I better not be beat here. Probably. It was probably like a crying call, even though the guy had six deuce and he could have, and even the tens, I saw the, there's just, you know, again, these are just, um, looking back to a couple of years ago, this would be like average size pots with me. I was often probably describing hands where I was like three or four K effective with people. Yeah. But I just don't have the luxury of losing six K pots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not right now. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he sticks around because it's like he's, he's the center of the card room right now. And the problem is when this guy shows up, of course, um, pros smell it out or they tell their buddies or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like it was, it was so great. You're rooting for the guy. Of course, we're not Friday night. This would be actually a perfect example. I actually did get a seat in the game, but it was him and then me and like all these like 10, 25 crushers kind of guys, you know? Yeah. They all knew Friday night, okay, he's coming back. I probably, I think the previous night he might have won 15K or something. And um, this is kind of funny. He won a big pot early on Friday night. It was just all, like I said, it was just a bad table. And maybe he sensed what was going on or he just wanted to put, um, he just basically did nothing but fold for three hours, I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, my one buddy was just going bananas and he lost, oh, like, bad. he got lost like 30K. He was trying to do everything, you know, <laughs> just to get this guy stirred up. Yeah. And, um, none of it worked. <laughs> yeah, none of it worked. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But uh yeah, so you know, he'll probably if he sticks around much longer, he'll probably um you know, maybe change his game a little bit. But like if he's if he's there a lot with uh, you know, um flowing, throwing money around, I gotta make sure I try to get some of it. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, a lot of it is just it's gonna be um me losing 3000 or gaining 3000, but maybe if I have a good week, you know, let's say I have a couple of good sessions, I can buy in for 2000 and say, listen, I'm, I'm staying until the game breaks. Yeah. You know, maybe this is the night I, I turn 2k into 15k and you know, voila, I've got my month in Europe. Yeah. I'm thinking rationally, Steve, <laughs> how much you spend on Thanksgiving? By the, by the way, I I've spent, a th- I'm, a thousand dollars on my son, which is considering my overall, you know, on Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, no, on Christmas. Oh, on Christmas. Oh, I haven't, I haven't done anything yet for Christmas. I mean, like it's just like I just bought a four hundred dollar Lego set of like Harry Potter. No, yeah, it's like Harry Potter's. It's the biggest Lego set ever. Six thousand pieces. Wow, it's ridiculous. It'll probably take him three days to do. Um, will, will he actually finish it? Oh yeah, he loves that. Yeah. Oh okay. He'll all do right. that. All, he'll do that all on his own. Um. But uh, what is my point here, Steve? I, I don't know here. Now, now I'm getting super high. But uh, <laughs> anyways, no, no, I mean, oh, yeah, just in terms of like, like when I get, if I did turn it into 20000 the night, I would certainly be like, I'd be thinking of like my trip to Europe rather than, okay, this is good. Save some money after Christmas kind of thing. I'm, I'm already yeah. getting, all I said is $20,000 and I started to, of course, Steve, you or I might make 20000 tomorrow if we decide to. Uh, Go to play some tournaments. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I got to get a good night's sleep. We'll uh, we'll see how it uh, how it I goes. I guess we but... can. Uh, yeah, we can get a hotel room there too. I don't know. Maybe if if we just stay the night. Oh, we could. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, and uh, I'm excited. Let's let's go play a tournament. Okay, Steve. Right on. I'll talk uh, to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow either way. And uh... all right, brother. Um, 
And uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, we moved our website. Uh, we're now uh, headsuppoker.info. So you can go there and uh, check out uh, the new website. Thank you for tuning in. Here is your weekly motivational speech. Life. How beautiful it is. How amazing it is to be able to rise up in the morning and have that sun shine on your face rather than on your grave. What makes life so unique and so beautiful? It is beautiful because whatever you have that you may be facing, what you may be dealing with, life is still good. Life has so many moving parts, but life is always good. Every day is a new day and another opportunity that others may not have. This life that you have been given, this life that you are temporarily holding on to, this life that has been just given to you for only temporary reasons, has more meaning than you can ever imagine. So many people in the world take life for granted instead of realizing that you have to take the opportunity to live it the best way you know how. Now on this journey of life, you're gonna face a significant amount of circumstances, a significant amount of challenges, you're going to fall into areas that you cannot understand. And maybe it's not in a position for you to understand at that moment. When you start to feel that you are in a position that you don't love your life, then shame on you. Because your life is a beautiful thing. And no one deserves to ruin it. No one deserves to control it. No one deserves to steal your joy. Your life is your life, and you have the right to live it the best way you can. You must discipline yourself and take full control and responsibility for the outcome or whatever it is that you are seeking at this moment.